Welcome back to What's on Your Mind. I'm Dr. Gene Bresson. And I'm Dr. Steve Schlossman. And we're child psychiatrists at the Clay Center for Young Healthy Minds at the Massachusetts General Hospital. Here's what we'll talk about today. Today we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart, concerts. So Steve, um, you know, concerts are pretty big now. They're pretty big on our credit cards. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> what, what was your first concert? Oh, you're going to make me do this. this. This is a point of, just so everybody knows, <laughs> this is a point of great contention between Gene and myself because Gene has the kind of stories about concerts that you read about in magazines and books and novels and movies. My first concert was Foreigner, which was not a bad band, but boy, it was a greasy time and they were a greasy band and hearing songs like, it feels like the first time, that just wasn't something to be proud of. But I do remember how exciting it was to walk into that crowded arena with all those folks with all those flannel shirts and their you know, gold necklaces dangling in their imagined chest hairs. That was fun. That was like a concert to me. But Gene, your stories, they're the stuff of legends. Tell me about yours. Well, the first one actually is more like the ones that I wish there were more of now. And that's – I worked for the Philly Folk Festival. And the Philadelphia Folk Festival was such a cool concert because there were all these wonderful – old, great folk musicians, and I worked on the grounds crew. So at night, you know, you'd listen to Mississippi John Hurt or Reverend Gary Davis. You'd sit around the campfire. You'd watch these legends. So, so no, no music on big screens. No, That's what no, you're no, saying. no. And, and no big, huge venue. I mean, there were lots of people, but, it, you know, but, but it was very contained. Then when I went to college one night, the Grateful Dead played in the gym. And, you know, there were about 3,000 of us. Now, they played all night long. I, even, I had to go to bed at 3.30 in the morning, and they played until dawn. So that, I missed the best of it. But I think the first big venue concert I ever went to was the 1970 Isle of Wight concert. This, this, just for the record, I've heard many <laughs> stories about. I am wrapped with jealousy. I could not have gone because I would have been four years old at the time. But Gene has filled me in on it, so I feel as if I were there. What was so special about that? Well, first of all, we were part of the crew... There's a movie, which is wonderful, called Message to Love, which is a great concert uh, film, great music. The Doors were there. Jimi Hendrix was there 18 days before he died, which was sad, but at least I got to see him. But, you know, there were uh, 250,000 people in the stadium, where they, the, the makeshift stadium, and there were about a half a million of us outside that didn't have tickets. And we stayed in a place that the year before – Bob Dylan called Desolation Road. Under all the hedges. Under right. the hedges, right. Yeah. We carved these, carved these little hobbles. Little hobbits. These little hobbit yeah, holes out of the hedges and stayed there and then tried to get up on the hill overlooking the concert to see John Sebastian and Joni Mitchell and, you know, um, Jim Morrison. But we ended up having somewhat of an altercation with the Bobbies, but we ended up getting up there and it was really cool, but it was huge. Okay, so let, let me let me bring us into modern times now because <laughs> I could I could listen to this all day. But there were no big screens. No, no, no big screens, but now my last concert was Taylor Swift and I went with my daughter, my oh, teenage man. daughter, my, my tween daughter. Most of it we saw on a big screen. There were 40, 50,000 people there. It cost me an absolute fortune to go to. And I found myself thinking, is, is the kind of fun of, of live music, is it lost on this generation? Yeah. The, kids, the kids love it. First of all, the kids go because it's an event. It's kind of like what in the 60s we would call a be in you know? I mean, there it's an event, 
and and whether they're they're distant miles away on the big screen, they're there with their friends and they're dancing and they're they're getting into it, you know. And and it's it's important to them to be there. You know, it's, I, I think that's true. And and one of the things that made me sad this year is you know, last year was Taylor Swift. This year, I said to my daughter, "Hey, there's all these bands you really like. Do you want to go?" And she said, "No, Dad." Can we get tickets, and can you drop me and my friends off there, and then maybe pick us up later? And I was looking forward to seeing these shows with her. I made her see Bruce Springsteen with me. So what do we say to those parents? Like, how do you send your kids off safely to a concert, especially someday my daughter's going to be older than 14, and then there's going to be real warnings I have to give Well, her. you know, we used to be afraid of the mosh pits and, and kids being, you know, roughed up, and fortunately there's been a lot less you know, physical dangers. But, you know, there are dangers of, of drugs, just as there were in the 60s. Drugs and of all kinds and alcohol, and, and the kids are going there to party. And, and, you know, the tailgating before the concerts and the event of the concert themselves, there are a lot of things that parents have to be concerned about that happen during these concerts. Right, you know, and it's, it's, I remember seeing this when I went to these shows with my daughter last year. The venues are aware of this as well. So there are things set up there just for parents to know about. There are things set up so that kids can make sure they stay safe. There are places they can check in. There are ways to assure a safe ride home. And I guess these are questions we should ask our kids, too, when we send them off to a show. They've saved up their money. They've somehow gotten enough to pay those ridiculous prices to go see someone. What do we we make sure of? Well, you know, they they say, you know, and, and here's where you get into trouble. Well, Dad, what did you do? In the sixties, right? Well, this is where <laughs> let, me, let me. This is where Gene gets into trouble because there are some amazing pictures I've seen of Gene, and Gene went to college in the sixties. And yeah, I mean sixty-seven to seventy-one. Which, and again, my kids are so jealous because the music of that era is incredible. But beyond that, I would say to them, you know, there are things that I should have, would have, maybe done or not done. But that's not the point. What I'm wondering is what you should and can do now. Well, wait. So if they say to you, look into your eyes, and they say, but Dad, didn't you do all sorts of things at that Grateful Dead show? What do you say? I say, well, you know, it's not so much about what I did or didn't do. It's about what you should or shouldn't do. We're not focusing on me in the 60s. We're focusing on you, and times have changed. And and I guess the sort of bottom line is you, you can't be with them all the time. I mean, you can't go to the show with them and watch them and film them or something. So you give them the very best advice you can right. based on what you bring to it, the knowledge and the stuff you learned. Right. So you, you have to talk to them about safety and responsibility and that you're counting on them and set guidelines. I mean, my kids always had designated drivers. Uh, my did, ki- did you know who that was before the show? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they always pointed them out. In fact, we, we asked, who's the designated driver? And actually, we still have designated drivers today, even if we're not going to a concert. When we went, when we went out to dinner and I had a glass of wine, we we're asked who's going to be driving which vehicle. So that's actually a really good point. What you're saying is um, why should we make concerts something altogether separate? They ought to be an awful lot like the way we engage with each other recreationally anyhow. Absolutely, because we have parties, we have events, and people use vehicles of transportation, for example, which is a real danger, and we need to know who's going to be you know, in control and who's going to be safe. And, and I guess, you know, with all of this, this sort of potentially dour talk, it would be important to remind kids that music, boy, to you and me, it means a lot. It means an so, awful lot. So they should go have fun. They should. They should enjoy the, it. Is, it is a happening. It is a be-in. It's, it's today's be-in. And with the appropriate warnings and all the things that good parenting is where you sort of let them know that you would rather them not make dumb mistakes. But if they do, I guess you want to make sure they can call you. 
Absolutely. So one of the things that's different now is that we have instant access. So for example, last night, I just kind of for the first time got on Snapchat, which was kind of weird to learn what that thing was. But, you know, we have texting, we have Snapchat, we have, you know, instant access to the kids and we can check in with them or they can check in with us. Now, they don't want to be invaded. On the other hand, we could say to them, I'd like you to text me when you get there. I'd like you to text me, text me when you leave. And um, I'll expect you home when when you get home. <laughs> so let me ask you one more question, because um, this is something that kind of weighs on me. I remember, as I'm sure many folks listening might, getting up very early in the morning, waiting in line at the record store, it was called Peaches, to buy tickets to concerts that I really wanted to go to, to buy tickets to see Elvis Costello. I remember that. And I, and I used money that I made. Should we be buying – these tickets are so expensive right now. Yeah. Should we be buying these tickets for our kids, or should they have to do something to, to go to the show? Well, I think it goes both ways. I mean, sometimes I get them as gifts. Like, for example, my daughter, for her birthday, wanted to go to the Lyle Lovett concert, you know, in town, and wanted me to bring, you know, the family and her friends. And I said, okay. And she said, that's my birthday present. Cool. We all went and saw Lyle Lovett. The only problem was the kids were thinking it's a big venue concert, and they were screaming, and I had to kind of tell them to shut up. <laughs> but that, but aside from that... Oh, those kids. Aside from that. So that's one thing. So if it's a present, Fine. But I think they're very expensive and kids probably – it's a whole other podcast. But what can kids do to actually earn to defray the cost of concerts, of clothes, of smartphones, of internet access? I mean a lot – This we're, we're living in expensive times. So bottom line, concerts are among those expensive times. We ought to encourage our kids if they like music to go check out the music live because it's, it's a different experience. If it's on the big screen, that's one thing. If it's a small venue, that's maybe even better. But we need to give them all of the kind of appropriate warnings and caveats and precautions so that they go and have a good, safe time and can tell these same stories to their kids. Exactly. Well, that's about it for today, folks. If you have any other comments or questions, check check us out online and uh, read the blog and give us some suggestions or your own experiences about concerts. And... Rock on. Should I say that? (laughs) Right. See you next time. Bye-bye.